This is episode five of the Safety First Home Inspections podcast show. Today I have a special guest of mine, Ms. Catherine Trent. Can't thank you enough for coming on my show. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So exciting. So you're actually a unique guest of mine, and I mean that in a sense where you and I just recently connected. Uh, you hired, you had reached out via, in, we followed each other on Instagram, mm -hmm. and then you had reached out and you hired me for a home inspection not too long ago. Um, what made you reach out and what made you, you know, um, hire me when technically you didn't use me yet? So, uh, well, I know I had been following you. We had been following each other for, I think, a few years, maybe mm -hmm. one or two. Um, so I was looking for someone ASAP um, and I had to talk to one of my colleagues and I said, listen, I need I need to get this deal done and I need an inspection either today or tomorrow. And he was like, oh, why don't you use Mike? And I was like, Mike, it sounded familiar. He's like, yeah, you follow him on Instagram. So I looked you up and I was going to send you a DM, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> Give me his cell phone number. I'll call him. And and so that's what happened. And no, he, and he spoke very highly of you. He was like, I definitely recommend him. Use him. He'll definitely answer right away. And you did you answered right away in the middle of your inspection. <laughs> yeah, I remember too, you had called me and it was like the worst timing on my end because yeah. I was like in the middle of the inspection. I'm like, I'll call you right back, I'm sorry. But so once once I got to the house, what was your experience with hiring me and everything and what? Oh, it was amazing. You were great, you're very informative. You definitely walked me through the entire inspection, which um, I have to say it had, hadn't happened yet. Like I usually do follow the inspectors around, but you were very detail oriented. You know, you explained everything very well. And um, I loved how you communicated with my client as well. That's greatly appreciated. And so before we dive deeper into real estate, let's backtrack for a second. So where were you born? Where did where did real estate come into play? Give us a background story of your, your bio. Sure, so I was born in Honduras. Um, I came here when I was 10. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I, we started in Queens, Olson Park, then we moved to Long Island in 2005. Um, you know, I worked several jobs from like Subway to then managing restaurants. And I think that was like my longest um, job. I. I manage a, a restaurant called Gallo in Patchogue and I worked there for 10 years. And moving here from Honduras, was it a, was it a hard transition from learning a second language, moving here and uh, growing up with was Spanish only spoken at home and then you had to learn English in school? Like, how did that work? Yeah, so my parents just spoke Spanish. Um, you know, so at home it was always Spanish and then in school I was in ESL, um, English as a second, second language. language. <laughs> and so it was tough because, you know, we only had our classroom who everyone just spoke Spanish. Um, so it was a little tough to learn, you know, the language, English as your second language. And it took some time. And I'm I'm actually learning Spanish now. You are every night, <laughs> which uh, I've been using Rosetta Stone to be honest. Oh, nice! And every day, you know, you just have to keep working at it and practicing, practicing. It over and over. And my my ultimate goal, I showed you the video. I I actually posted my first vi my first clip mm -hmm. in Spanish regarding a home inspection, and that video it got a lot of feedback. So oh, good. that taught me, like, you know what? I need to stick with this. So. I could further educate the mm -hmm. Hispanic community Hispanic. too. So, which is a little underserved. So I think that you would Absolutely. do great. And I did watch your video, and it was great. Day by day, and it, it's a lot of work. Yeah, you just gotta <laughs> practice. The language is definitely 
a lot of work. So speaking of, you know, content and, and, and social media, uh, one thing that I've seen that you post content educating your audience, whether it's the process of buying a home and you'll have like TikToks almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so walk us through what's what's your process on on posting content and, and just adding value to your audience. I just like to have fun. So I like my social media to reflect my personality. Um, you know, obviously the 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 field that we're in sometimes can be a little serious and Dry. you know, yeah, yeah. And people sometimes are just like so closed off. Mm. It's not my personality. I'm very open, I'm very friendly, you know, and outgoing. So I want my clients to feel comfortable. I want my followers to feel comfortable, you know. It is a serious purchase, uh, but you know you can still have fun and not be so. Cause it could be so draining and Absolutely. so many emotions. Of course, you know, and, and you have to be able to just hey, it's gonna be okay. You know, it's, Absolutely. it's gonna be alright. Yeah, what I've what I've learned with the content that I post is one, you have to show people who you are. I mean, how how are you able to service your clients if you don't have either a picture of yourself? A video of you, you know, mm -hmm. on on camera, and one of the TikToks that I've seen of yours, and you kind of, you kind of take TikToks like another level. Like Do I? <laughs> I saw one, if I'm not mistaken, you were actually dressed up like as a guy, right? Oh, I did. You had something like that, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I feel like those videos, it introduces people to your funny side because, yeah. like you said that that's just how you you naturally are so that's definitely it's very important for your audience to know well they feel like they know you and they feel comfortable enough to reach out mm -hmm. and hire you in a sense so out of all your videos which one do you think got the most engagement like the one that just kind of just took off like it's so weird you know how like the algorithm and social media works because it's just such a simple video and mm -hmm. um it took me not that long and you know, I was like, I was like, you know what? This would be, you know, a cute video. The beat was nice, mm -hmm. um, but it was just like a simple video where I was just like, call me, and I think I was just pointing out a different stuff. Either to, I forgot what it was, either to purchase a home or something like that. And um, yeah, it got a million views. Get out of here! Yeah, and wow. it was so, and it was weird because I was checking, and it it only happened like a f like maybe one or two days later, and I opened my Instagram, and it was like my phone would not stop <laughs> it was like a hundred new friends um you know new followers yeah. and and like it with instagram it stops at a hundred so you could get more but yeah. it refreshes and it keeps saying the same thing and i was like what is happening wow. so yeah so it was like a mini little video that kind of went viral um so that was exciting that's awesome so regarding real estate how long have you how long have you had your license for uh three years and are you still with the original firm that you started with or? Uh, no, so I started with Cobalt Banker and then I decided to make my move to Realty Connect USA. And what, I feel like new realtors within the first year or two, they always switch around and you know go to different firms and what, what made you switch? And why do you think new realtors yeah typically switch switch well there's nothing wrong with switching you know it's just like what you're you're testing the waters sure. you're seeing what you feel comfortable with uh, my big reason was because you know I was young um, you know I was new in the field like I said I had no experience with real estate I was used to working in restaurants um, so I really didn't negotiate my commission I didn't really negotiate my terms I was just like yeah let's do it yeah. you know um, so I was in a 50 50 split 
And then I also joined a team. So then that team, I was also, you know, more given of a split. Yeah, 30%. <laughs> so I was really just getting 20% out of my check. So yeah. I remember my first closing, which I worked so hard for. I had to go into a crawl space so we could close and Get clean it out. out of here. <laughs> or else we wouldn't have been able to close. And I was just like, I'm doing it because I'm not a quitter. I'm, you know, determined. Determined. So I did it. And then when I went to the closing table, you know, and I see my nice check. And then I looked at my direct deposit. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't make yeah. sense. So, you know, you live and you learn. No, of course. Now, 2020, obviously COVID hit. It slowed down the real estate market for about a month or two. How did that affect your business? I, it honestly didn't. You weren't I, nervous no. or anything? I think that um, I was kind of like... Grateful and thankful because I got to spend a lot more time with my son. Sure. You know, it kind of just like grounded you a little bit like, hey, you know, it's not all work. Family time is right. also just as equally important. So, no, it was great to take that time, kind of reevaluate, rebrand yourself and come up with new ideas. Um, actually, one of my buyers was was able to get a great deal because of the virus sure. because there weren't that many buyers buying yeah, and course. we were still constantly looking and yeah. searching. So it worked out great. Yeah. There was a point for me where I was I was getting emails that were saying, if you're caught working right now, I'll get fined, lose my license. Yeah. It, it was just like I never I never thought in my lifetime I'd get penalized for actually working. working yeah. So that for me was a little nerve wracking, but it was. You just gotta be careful. Yeah. You know, even with us, you know, we would hear like, oh, if, you know, another agent sees you, they can report you, yes. you'll get a $10,000 fine. Yep. And, you know, you can't live life in fear. You know, if you know that what you're doing is not wrong and it's just being responsible, wear your mask, wear your gloves, you know, and just keep your distance, just be responsible. No, of course. And that actually brings me to my next point. Now, so you've been in real estate for three years. COVID obviously didn't slow you down whatsoever. Now you have an advantage of being bilingual. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned that that community is underserviced. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you have an obligation to the community to uplift and, and further serve them? Or is there a difference between your clients that are more Spanish speaking or more bilingual or I think that's like my goal for this year I want to be more involved with like the Hispanic community um, especially with my social media I feel like I cater more to the English speaking community mm -hmm. um, and they are very underserved and I feel like it's my obligation too to educate my people because there's a lot of misinformation sure. and you know they do get taken advantage of on um, more than anyone else any, because of the language barrier any example in particular you think you could um, sure, you know, sometimes they just, they don't negotiate as well as like, you know, our regular, you know, people who are born here or sure. people who, they're just very humble and very just, okay, you know, if I'm mm -hmm. able to buy this house, I'm just grateful that I'm able to buy it. They don't really negotiate their interest rates or they don't really, they, I just feel like they're not always given the best advice. Well, that's where, that's why they have you. Yeah. To represent them. To represent them. Yeah. And out of, so... Out of your career at this point, what, what's been your craziest real estate experience? Whether it's a, a deal that took forever or a, a client that was just crazy or... 
Um, well, recently, I think I was telling you the story. I just had this deal, um, you know, and I was able to get my client this house for, I think it was like forty dollars or $45,000 under asking. Which is rare right now. It's, it's so rare. rare. Yeah. So we were able to go back and forth and negotiate. And it was the, you know, the last walkthrough. And I was, you know, talking to this agent back and forth so we could do the last walk. I was like, listen, the heat is working. Everything's good. She's like, yeah, everything's good. So we show up the day of the closing, hours before the closing to do the last walkthrough. The heat is not working. The furniture, there's still so much furniture in the house. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And people don't realize that, you know, when you schedule the final walkthrough, everything you just mentioned it's all in the contract yeah. like at least 30 to 45 mm-hmm. days prior so there's no surprises exactly so everyone knows during the final walkthrough even when i do my home inspections which you were there for mm-hmm. i always tell my clients you know these are the things that i found but during your final walkthrough make sure the heat's working the, the plumbing's water, working yeah. absolutely so i always try to set my clients up so there's no surprises but that's crazy that yeah. all that time passed and still nothing happened yeah no and we were communicating and you know to me i feel like communication is key in this business of course so if there was an issue i'm sure that we could have rescheduled the closing or the walkthrough for another day mm-hmm. um but there was no communication so it was a little weird so then that wasn't even the craziest part so my client went to the closing um they worked out another deal he got more money because he essentially had a you know get the boiler you know service and then have someone take the furniture out so he did get more money at the closing but then what happened afterwards was crazy we're sitting at the closing table the agent never showed up and then she decided to text the attorney and say hey the keys are at the end of the driveway underneath the flower pot between two leaves mind you this house was like two blocks from the beach so if they're between two leaves oh, yeah, it's <laughs> where are you gonna find these just, two le- just two just yeah. two leaves not three not yeah. four two um so what ended up happening is i get a call at like 7 6 37 p.m is like for my buyer hey i can't find the keys and i'm like i can't oh, get in man. the house what do you mean so i had to drive with my son you know, because at this time we're like having dinner, yeah. but you know, my clients come first. So we yeah. just, we took the drive, we went over there and he ended up finding the keys with his neighbor now. Um, and the keys were buried in the backyard. <laughs> Do you think the realtor did that intentionally? <laughs> I think so. And it happens, you know, but. Yeah. What are some things you feel like realtors need to just stop doing or, or, or things that just aggravate, you know, just realtors in general, maybe some never answer their phone or things like that, you know, what are some things realtors can improve on? Answer your phone. <laughs> that's, that's the big one, right? That's a huge yeah. one. Yeah. Or I feel like some listing agents, they'll have the office number on the listing mm-hmm. and then you call the office and then the secretary says, call the realtor. Then the realtor says, call my partner. And then it's just like, yeah. do you want to sell the house or not? You know? Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and I get it. We're busy, you know, out there getting listings. You're out here driving, you know, buyers around. Of but course. no, it, it does get a little like, ugh, just oh. answer me. Yeah. You know? So speaking of uh, deals, I think you recently placed an offer on a short sale, right? Yes. So what's that process? So short sales, they do tend to take a little bit of time because you're essentially just dealing with the bank itself. You're not dealing with the homeowner directly, even though they still kind of involve. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
there um, I feel like a lot of agents and a lot of people shy away from them when you shouldn't um, it could be a great investment if you take the right measurements and you're dealing with your right people you know and everybody has to be on the same page your lender your agent you know everybody needs to be on the same page so it could be sm like a smooth transaction absolutely and and this is a very small very small industry so you know it goes a long way when you do right by people because mm -hmm. if you're if you're the realtor where no one can get a hold of or you're just very difficult to deal with unfortunately that word will definitely spread yeah it's all about relationships yeah. you know our business is all just like how we met you know sure. and it's going to continue to happen you have to keep building those relationships not only with your clients but with Colleagues your peers, yeah, sure. you know, you have to yeah. have that relationship. And that's why, I don't know if you know this, um, once a month I I have the realtors that I work with and we all go out to dinner just so we could all just get along and, mm -hmm. and just feel like we're actually with friends and not just colleagues because I'm in this business for the long run. I'm sure you are too, obviously. So once a month, I think it's nice where we all just get together, we hang out and things like that. And... Um, I've done four so far and they've all been a pretty good turnout. So I like to, not only that, sometimes there's realtors at the table that they never met mm -hmm. prior to. And it, you know, if I can connect more people together, then I feel like it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I think I've seen your post with, uh, you do like a dinner, right? Yes. No, it looks fun. I feel like, it, especially now that there's no networking events. Yeah, that's, uh, since since COVID hit for me, it's been a transition and it's almost been a, like a blessing in disguise because once we couldn't physically network, I was like, you know what, now I'm going to take this time to now post content and have more mm -hmm. of a, a digital presence online because that's how me right now, I would say most of my business is strictly from Instagram. Yeah. And you're proof of that because you called me up and said, Mike, are yeah. you free? I was like, <laughs> you know, count me in. So, uh, speaking of content and things like that, I told you I'm working on my Spanish. So one day, I don't know when, but I want to film a, a video with you in Spanish. Yeah, I, I don't know that. when yet. You got to be very patient with me because yeah. I have a long way to go. But uh, I think one day we should definitely sit down and, and go over. But just, um, I'm definitely going to make a lot of yeah. mistakes on there. But Listen, you should be proud of yourself. You're doing everything that you want to do. And you're taking the steps to learn. Absolutely. You know, something different, something new that a lot of times people would not do it, you know? Absolutely. So, I have, I have, at, least, I have at least a dozen female colleagues of mine. And there's always one similar, similar story where there's one client that pretends to be a client. And then that turns into, are you free, you know, Friday night for dinner so we could talk about business? And yeah. I feel like that's a topic that people don't talk about much. Yeah. And um, how do you navigate around stuff like that when things like that do happen? I haven't had that yet. <laughs> Let's do oh, okay. dinner, and talk about business. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I haven't had that yet, but I have had, instances where i just get like random phone calls like weird like yeah. just heavy breathing or <laughs> you know or calls from like different states and i'm like i don't you know i can refer you to another agent i'm i'm not in california or i'm not here or, but um yeah you do get those i think it's all about setting your boundaries of course um 
especially with social media, you know, like I really try not to answer DMs. Like I, you know, if it's that important, you would send me an email. Of course. You know, but um, I do screen to them and and I look at them. And if it's someone that needs help or just looking for advice, then I'll do that. But I feel like the minute that you open that door, you're putting yourself in a predicament that, you know, it's going to be hard to get out of. Of course. Yeah. So the the female realtors that I know, they've they've had situations where mortgage brokers will will Mm -hmm. pull something like that and say, you know, Let's talk about it over dinner or drink or something. And I, I jokingly give them advice, say, all right, well, why don't you have them send over clients first mm-hmm. and see if they're about what they say they are. And if they don't send you any buyers to show houses to, then they just all talk. And then yeah. that's how they vanish. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> how you carry yourself, you know, how you carry yourself and, you know, that's how people are going to perceive you and respect you. I feel like with loan officers, um, I don't think a lot of times they're coming from like a bad intent. Mm-hmm. They want, I feel like sometimes they just want to make sure that, you know, your personalities are going to match, that you of work course. the same. Because believe it or not, you are going to be working hand on hand on these, you know, deals. So you want to make sure that your personalities, because if you don't get along 100%. and that energy doesn't match, you could potentially lose that deal for that client, of you course. know. So you have to be just careful who you work with. Of course. And so so you've been in the business for three years now. What's the five-year plan? What's the 10-year plan? Um, real estate. Real estate. Real more estate, real, real estate. estate. <laughs> you know, I want to start investing. I want to start definitely being more active on social media. Sometimes we could procrastinate and not be as... Um, active all the time because it does take a lot of work absolutely you especially know? your videos with the pointing and the, <laughs> and the music and the transitions and it's got to be on point absolutely. you know <laughs> and i'm very very like um i'm not a perfectionist but i could look at my video for like a hundred times and i'm like no it's not there yet you know so i'm sure your camera roll has dozens of oh, videos that have never been posted never been posted really yes so you're like your worst critic oh the worst I really am. I'm trying to get better because I feel like you have to be vulnerable sometimes. Of course. And put yourself out there. Yeah, of course. That's that. I had the same feeling when I was when I was first posting my the video in Spanish. I was like, how do I sound this? I was like, I was in my head like way too much. But then I was like, you know what? I think people would kind of look at it more as if someone's trying Mm -hmm. and getting outside their comfort zone. And I'm all about getting outside the comfort zone because. Another reason for this podcast show is hopefully the guests that I have, like yourself, people can watch it and say, oh, you know what, Catherine made a great point about this. You know, I'm going to start doing this and this and yeah. that. So I definitely feel like thing, things like that 100% come, you know, uh, 100%. F- full circle. You need to get out of your head, you know, and that's one thing that I feel like I did learn during uh, COVID, those few months that we were just home. Like, you just, you got to get out of your head. You got to just put yourself out there not everything you start is going to be perfect that's why you know i'm I'm giving you your props because you're starting stuff you know you're starting something new whatever it is that you want to do you just do it Mm -hmm. you know it's not always going to be perfect you're going to learn as you go you know it's going to be trial and error right yeah and then you're going to perfect it and the guests i've had so far you're my fourth you're my fourth guest so far and every single one so far they they all have a very strong um, presence on social media, which you probably know some of them as well. And I'm thinking in my head, like, all right, I have to be on point for yeah. my guests. <laughs> but 
like you said, the more you're in your head, it's yeah. just people will definitely see that. Yeah. And someone's always going to have something negative, you know. Always. Always. Like you cannot, the negative comments I get. Right. But you know what? That's actually more engagement. But what could someone possibly say negative if, uh, if, you, you're, if you're adding value? You know, it's just sometimes you have to look at it this way when someone has something negative to say about you it's not really about you it says more about them than it is about you and that's what you have to understand social media there's always going to be people behind that keyboard they're just not happy with themselves yep. and it's just not worth it to go back and forth you just gotta keep putting it out there because you know what that one negative co comment is not dragging more engagement to your page of course yeah. now because that person took the time to comment now instead Instagram is going to push it to other people who, right. you know, might be following them or they're following. So even the negative comments help. So I sense you're very big into positive energy and, and, and do you have like a daily routine that kind of affirmations or like what's your schedule like as far as do you meditate it like you know how people have some morning routines that mm -hmm. get them in the right mind frame do you have any of those or books that you read that get you um i'll be lying if i said <laughs> i do have a routine because okay. i don't i'm trying i'm working on it because i feel like i'm definitely missing a little structure um but i am a mom so a lot of times it, it could you know handling your own business you know because we are independent contractors so it, yes. it's all on us and then being a mom you know that's another thing you know it's it's full of course um but i don't i think i just try to start my day with positive thoughts and i always say to myself today's gonna be a great day today's gonna be a great day and that's it because the moment you start your day with anything bad, I just noticed, and then your rest of your rest day of is off. messed up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what happens. I'm like, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. And what I've done with my son, too, is we'll be driving to school. And if I, if I forgot to do it in the morning before he woke up, we'll do it together in the car. Like, hey, Kyle, today's going to be a great day. Yes, Mom, today's going to be a great day. And um, so that, you know, we do that, and that helps. That's awesome. Yeah. And since you became a mother, did that... Did that add more fuel to your passion or hustling hard, working hard? I mean, did you come from a hardworking family, like up and coming? Was that was that part of your your background where you know you have to work hard and things like that? Because typically stories where people are are moving from different countries, I feel like those are the people that have the craziest work ethic, mm -hmm. and because their parents, they you know they worked hard to make. The transition so yeah uh was that part of your up upbringing as well yeah 100 i mean i come from a third world country you know right, of course. <laughs> like the cows and the chickens yeah. so yeah no i'm definitely very hardworking. um and once i became a mom i think that that i already had a why because you know my family they're just very humble they're just they don't we weren't thought to think big and kind of like have money work for us we were always thought that we should work hard to have money right you know when it's the other way around you know we should have money work for us of course um and then once i became a mom i was just like you know that's my other why that's my bigger why like i wanna i want my son to grow up um not depending on anyone not working for anyone just being himself and being who whoever he wants to be having his own business so you're definitely going to raise a future entrepreneur oh 100 100 yeah he's a little crazy gemini <laughs> but we'll see what happens is there anything now he's passionate about 
um, How old cars. is he, by the way? He's a six. A six, okay. He's going to be seven in May. But, yeah, no, he's just very into cars, anything with wheels. <laughs> hey, if that could be that, turned into you know, a business that, somehow. Somehow, some way. So I try to put that, I try not to, because sometimes you can't pursue your kids into whatever they want to do, you know? But, um, I, yeah, I try to tell him all the time, like, listen, you want to work for yourself. I was like, do you like mommy telling you what to do? He's like, no, I hate it. <laughs> I was like, okay. Imagine a boss. So, yeah. <laughs> a boss is going to be just like that, but you yeah. just can't call the mom, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's funny because prior to when I was an employee, I was a union carpenter in New York City. And I just hated the idea of doing all the hard work, the physical labor, and then being told when my lunch break is over, mm -hmm. when my coffee break is just like, you know, I have to ask if I can go to the bathroom. I just, I was over it. And yeah. I don't know if that's like a power trip in my head or not, but uh, what ended up happening for me was that I was commuting into Manhattan five days a week. And I started utilizing the commute on the Long Island Railroad to start reading books. Mm -hmm. And the more books I read, just going in and coming home from work, just my mind started evolving about yeah. like, there's more to this than just working. And, you know, and one thing led to another where the last job site I was on, it was slowing down and I got laid off just like construction that just happens, you know, and I just never looked back Yeah, because of the information and the confidence that I acquired from just reading all these books. So I always recommend people, you know, even if you're not a reader, try to get into audio books or yeah. something yeah so is there any audio books that you've downloaded or any books that you've read or are you trying to transition into that or i think it's just the same as you you know i think in, in the past two years i was just started reading those type of like help books like think and grow rich you know love that book love it yeah. i think i'm like listening to it my third time get already. out of here yeah i love it i think you know um rich dad poor dad um that was the first book i read yeah the first one power um all great books and you know i'm not a big reader like mm -hmm. i would be lying if i said like i read i i'll rather be taking a shower or driving or doing my makeup and, and listening, listening yeah. to audibles i feel like it relaxes me it changes my thought process uh the way i look at things of course. and like i said it it changes it from when you were born and your parents and you know that all has to play into the person that you are of course. and it's okay to change that it's okay to look into other things to kind of just change that mentality it's never too late yeah there's um there's there's been a few books that have definitely changed my life one of them is called the slight edge by jeff olson so that book basically breaks down just daily habits and how easy it is to neglect a simple task let's say like reading for example all you have to do is just read 10 pages a day that's literally it or let's just say you want to listen to 20 minutes worth of an mm -hmm audible every single day now it doesn't seem like much but if you do that every single day now imagine how much you can get done every week every month so yeah. little habits like that it compounds into big things yeah. and i've i've been using that kind of blueprint where you know learning a second language just half an hour just practice and yeah practice. and then before you know it you're having full-blown conversations or or fitness whatever 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 it is whatever you're it right. is you just have to time block just whatever an hour, whatever time frame it is, every single day, and just the power of being persistent. 
persistent and that's the key yes. you know it's persistent Persistence. and then something you know you might miss a day or two just pick it back up yeah you know i've been doing that this you're doing it with spanish i'm doing it with reading books i'm like i have to read eight pages a day so if i don't get it in the morning i'll mm -hmm. do it at night you know if i miss a day i'll pick it up the next day what are you reading right now um power agent i never heard of it yeah it's power great. agent okay. power agent yeah um no it's great because like i said i um you know being a real estate agent you kind of just learn as you go along right you have no one really even with when you go with the, a company they're not really holding your hand like mm -hmm. hey this is what you have to do you know even when you take your test right right you're never gonna use any of that stuff yeah <laughs> you know everything you, you everything you're gonna use you're gonna learn it on the field of course you know so i try to either listen to videos on youtube or read to kind of you know just have more knowledge of course and know how to deal with people even though you you know how to deal with people there's there's ways that you could do it you know of course yeah so that's definitely very important another thing that's important i i just had my other guest here his name is dan o'neill i don't know if you know him or not mm -hmm. now he aside from his business he it's very important for him to pay it forward mm -hmm. and i feel like you know, the way that I pay it forward is I host workshops once a month to, you know, better educate the real estate agents where I bring you guys to a vacant house and we do a full walkthrough from top to bottom. Uh, are there any things in your, whether it's your personal life or business life where you feel like paying, paying it forward fits into that equation? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I love to give back. I, it's actually one of like my big, I love to volunteer. Um, I feel like we're so blessed. I feel like I'm so blessed and I feel like I have nothing to complain about. Right. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My, my job is great. I have my business. You know, I was able to make it here from a country that really doesn't have much. So I'm forever grateful for of that. Course. So I'm big into give it back. I actually work with, um, this great organization in Patrick called Angels of Long Island. And, um, you know, we do a lot of like Christmas, um, you know, we're, families come and they just take Christmas gifts, food, clothing, whatever they need, back to school events. Um, so they're great and, I, and I'm always working with them. And it definitely gives you a perspective of how grateful we are to, yeah. to have hot water in our house, a roof over our head, you know, coats on our backs. And I feel like that, I feel like doing that, paying it forward, it definitely, it grounds us because mm -hmm. especially in real estate, I feel like it could be easy to, you know, sell, you know, sell, you know, tons of houses, make tons of money. And then mm -hmm. sometimes you forget where you came from or, or how you started. So it definitely comes full circle. Of course, 100 percent. You always should be able or thinking about giving back, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be money. It could be your time. Of course. It could be, you know, you taking the time to guide someone or, you know, help anyone in any way possible. And the good thing about it is. I'm sure when you do that, you're you're also implementing those lessons to your son as well. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So because um, every year, except this past year because of COVID, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, she hosts this event called the Bowery Mission, where every year she goes around collects clothes and everything that you just said, and we all set up like a buffet style table outside of a homeless shelter in mm -hmm. New York City on Christmas Day, and the people who help us they bring their kids too. So they show them at a very young age, mm -hmm. like, listen, so th there's people out here that don't have, you know, 
shelter and food and things like that so yeah. you do have you have to be grateful for that 100 percent. no and even with you know just teaching the uh, you know children to be the simplicity of life you know because kids especially you know they're watching tv and it's like that new toy comes up yep. like but they don't understand it's marketing that's what they do yes, that's what they're course. gonna do yep. they want you to take the last penny your parents have or just and yep. stuff that you don't need so i try to teach my son like this like you know we go to the store like I, why do you want that yeah. Why do you feel like you need that? Why do you have to have that? Because right. it's always like, I have to have it. I need it, mom. Like, why do you need it? Is it going to make your life <laughs> any commercial. better? Yeah. You know, the commercial, yeah. it could be anything. It's just, it's advertisement. That's that, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to pursue you into buying things, you know, that you don't need. Of course. You know, so I'm big on that with my, with my son. I just don't buy anything. Ironically, my my first guest here, Charles Weinerup, he's the number one fixed and flip investor on all of Long Island. He doesn't own any materialistic items. He doesn't own yeah. a watch. He has a modest car. He doesn't have any jewel. Nothing. I'm the same <laughs> way. I cannot tell nothing. you how many times <laughs> I'll show up places and they're like, I would think that you'd be driving a Mercedes. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you For know, what? and it's it's not... Or like my like my my bag, I'm not a materialistic person. Like I could never see myself spending more than fifty dollars on a bag. Like now, I can't do it. <laughs> now, do you think that's because of your upbringing and 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 valuing you know different things in life? A hundred percent. I mean, I saw how hard my mom worked to just give us what we had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have to. I mean, I do work hard, but you know, like why? Why right. do you have to impress people that you know? Like why? You know, they don't know you. Of course. There's there's no reason to it. I, I feel like we should change our mindsets. Of course. So since you work very hard, what what do you do to, to treat yourself? Like what are some things that that you rewarded yourself with after you might have sold the house or got a new listing, things like that? Like what are your hobbies outside of real estate? Oh my god, I don't I go hiking. I mean and my other thing that I do is just I have day night with my son okay. constantly. So awesome. that's that's our stuff. Um and then hiking and then the gym, that's it. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah, that's definitely um though those are definitely good hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it recently because of the weather, but if I'm not working, I usually go biking. Okay. Uh there's uh there's multiple trails that it's funny because this past spring and summer I've been so busy with inspections. I actually have to tell people that I'm booked on like a Sunday or something just to have a day off to <laughs> just like cruise and you And know, you need it sometimes. Yeah, you definitely need it 100%. Yeah, because you have to let your mind breathe. You have to recharge. So, with that being said, I want to thank you so much for being on my show. It, it sounds funny even saying that, being on my show. <laughs> um, but how can people get a hold of you? How, where, where can they follow you? What's your, your Instagram handle? Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike. This was amazing. No this was fun. Um, we had a great conversation. And, yeah, they could find me on Instagram. It's Catherine.realestate. Um, no E at the end though, right? No E. Okay. Everyone always puts an E. Yeah. So let's make sure. <laughs> Just Catherine. Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N dot real estate. Um, and then on Facebook, it's just Catherine. Um, my, Facebook page, my Facebook page is Cat Sells Real Estate and uh, 
TikTok if you're on TikTok at that real estate. I have TikTok. <laughs> I just haven't gotten on it yet. So you might have to TikTok show me some great. lessons. TikTok is great. I'm telling you, you grow so <laughs> fast. I'm sure. Yeah. You just have to like learn how to use it. But no, TikTok is great. And they can pay you. I think I've made like 12 bucks. <laughs> wow. That's an incentive. <laughs> We're going there. <laughs> TikTok is next, guys. <laughs> Catherine, thank you so much. No, I really thank appreciate you. It. Thank no you problem. so much. It was fun.